0: How's it going? Faith Promise. Come on. It's great to see you. It's a great weekend. You picked a great time to come to church. So whatever campus you're at, whether you're out all the way in Campbell County or Anderson County or you're in North Knoxville or you're on the Internet campus or you're in Blunt County or Pellissippi, we're thrilled that you chose to worship with us this weekend. Last weekend, rocked. People were healed. Wasn't it awesome last weekend as we gathered and God moved? Just awesome. Uh, by the way, in this month of miracles, if God answers your prayer in, in, in any kind of way, we want to know about it because we wanna we wanna tell those stories. And so if you'll email us uh, during this month of miracles, stories at faithpromise.org and let us know what's going on, how God touched you, how God provided, how God brought a prodigal home, whether it was a healing or this weekend as we'd be praying for jobs or Provision, financial miracles, whatever it is, we want to we want to be able to record that and and, and share that. By the way, if you didn't, if you're not a social media mediaite, last weekend we broke 600 baptisms for this year so far, so it's a record. So, very very exciting. God is moving. It's just a it's just just amazing. By the way, there are seven days left. Of our 21 days of fasting, if you've not gone to faithpromise.org and every day there's about a two minute just video devotion that I put on there every day just to get just so that we can all sort of bring our faith together and just really put a laser beam focus on asking God to move in certain ways. So, uh, it, it Also, if you did not get one of the first two messages in this series called The Crossing, if you'll go to any of our resource centers at any of our campuses or go online, you can podcast it, download it, whatever. They're all free. And so we have it there for you. Now, the theme again for our This Month of Miracles and Heart for the Harvest has been the Red Sea. And we're talking about Red Sea experiences and what happens when you're at the Red Sea. And we've all been at the Red Sea, hadn't we? And we're probably going to find our way back to the Red Sea. And the Red Sea, if you haven't been, if this is your first weekend, the Red Sea is when you you end up at a place where only God can move. Because that's where Moses and the gang of refugees were. Pharaoh at their back, Red Sea in the front, mountains to the left and the right. No way, no hope, and they all truly believed they were going to die. But what did God do? He parted the water, he parted the Red Sea. Exodus chapter 14. And you know, we've all seen Charlton Heston. You know, we've seen the old movie, so it's this, it really is the number one illustration all the way through the Bible, the parting of the Red Sea in the Exodus. I wonder though, you ever do spiritual speculation? I wonder if when Moses raised the rod and the wind blew and the water stood up, did it stand up from one side of the sea to the other? Or was it progressive? Did it stand up for a certain portion as they walked in and as they walked it continued to stand up? See, because knowing how God operates, He never lets us see the end when we start the beginning, does He? this walk of faith, so I really believe, in my my spiritual mind, that that they are walking there. I mean, can you imagine the fish sort of looking right there at the edge of the wall and they're, they're walking through this deal. So you gotta read the Bible with an imagination. I mean there's octopi, there's sharks, whatever, and so they're, and, and they're walking, but as they walk, the walls can, of water continues to rise. See God, God, God always wants to take us one step at a time in this faith journey, because if he showed us at the end, we'd never learn all the things He wanted us to learn on the steps on the way, would we? And so faith is sort of this progressive revelation that God gives us. Now, let me tell you what, what I see is one of the greatest problems for each of us individually when we're at the Red Sea. And the problem is this. At the Red Sea, our circumstances and our emotions block our view of God. Now, what's our number one emotion at the Red Sea? Fear. We're 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 man we're, we're overcome. There's no way out. It's cancer. My wife's leaving me. I've lost my job. I mean, you're at the Red Sea and you don't see a way out, and we just freak out, don't we? Come on, let's be real. We freak out, and the circumstances and our emotions block our view of God. So, by and large, at the Red Sea, we're not looking at God. We're looking for somebody to get us out of that mess, aren't we? Now, next weekend is hard for the harvest offering. And God is speaking to thousands of us across our campuses. And as God is speaking to us about, you know, what he wants us to do, what he wants us to give, there are a lot of people struggling with that. Would y'all agree with that? I mean, you know, there's excuses, right? They're telling God, God, you don't understand. I can't do that. Like, we know more than God. And there are, we have all these things, and why we tell God, well, I can't, that won't work, and this, and that, and the other, or, or, or hey, I gave last year in Heart for the Harvest. Amen. We're so grateful you gave last year, but that manna's gone. Amen. And so it's time for new manna. And so we, Michelle and I gave last year, but we're going to give again this year. Let, let me tell you what happened probably four or five years ago, I don't remember, but I was meeting with the elders, and that's when I began to say, hey, guys, we're going to make Heart for the Harvest an annual event, and we're going we're to build that into our DNA and culture. One annual free will offering, no more capital campaigns, no more pledge cards, none of that stuff. We're going to have one offering. And, and one of the questions was this. Are you ready? If you're listening, say, I am. I am. If I sacrifice and give this year, what will I do next year? To which my answer was, God will give you more. God will, will give you more. And so we, again, at the Red Sea, we tend to look at the natural. We're natural, so we looks. We look at the natural. Now, every year that Michelle and I have given Heart for the Harvest, our offering has increased every year. And we give and we say, okay, we don't have any money now. I don't know what we'll do next year. Then next November comes, and guess what? God gives us more money. And we give it. Now, as we think about the original Red Sea with Moses and the refugees, God orchestrated that whole event. Again, if you hadn't gotten the last two messages, I really encourage you to grab those, download those, get a free DVD or CD, and listen to those. Because we all have to realize that God brings us into situations for two reasons. A, He wants to grow us, and B, He wants us to be dependent upon Him. In a culture in which we don't want to be dependent upon God. We don't want to be dependent on anybody, do we? We don't really self-dependent. Sufficient. Now, where, where is there room for God in self-sufficiency? And so God will put us in a position where we'll need God. He'll have to move. And, and can I be honest with you? Nobody bats a 1,000 at the Red Sea. Moses didn't make it in the promised land, remember? Read Abraham. Abraham is called the father of what? Faith. And he batted about 500. If you look at his whole life, well, every time he came to another Red Sea, sometimes he walked by faith and sometimes he bought it. We all do. So when we hit that crossroads of fear and faith, man, that, those emotions, remember the circumstances, we tend to miss God. And so we can go the wrong way. Now Romans 8, 8 says this. It's been one of my favorite verses really my whole Christian life. Those who are in the flesh, what? <clears throat> cannot. Those who are in the what? The natural, the flesh, non-spiritual, the, 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 the natural man. Those that are in the what? The are you sure they can't? They cannot. cannot what? Cannot. Do we want to please God? Yes. Sure you do. That's why you're here this weekend. That's why you put up with the traffic and all that kind of stuff. You're here this weekend because you want to please God. But so many of us live in the flesh and those that walk in the can I? Please God. And so that's the deal. Now, let me just give you a thought. Because we, we so some of you are at the Red Sea. You've been at the Red Sea and we're going back to the Red Sea. Is that right? Well, when you get to the Red Sea, let me tell you one of four things that God can do. Are you ready? Four things. Number one, he can part the water. He parts the water. He did it for Moses. Has he done it for faith promise in the past? Holy moly, my goodness, how many miracles have we seen? Or he moved the mountain. Jesus said, if you had faith, it's the great of a mustard seed. You can speak to the mountain. It'll jump in the heart of the sea. Or he kills the enemy. He could have just wiped out Pharaoh and the boys and said, okay, go backwards and hang a left and go to the promised land. He could have done whatever. He's God. He can do whatever he wants to Or, Or the number four we don't like, he leaves us at the Red Sea Resort, the beach there at the Red Sea Club, so that we can learn greater dependence on him so you ask God for something it's yes no or what wait hang loose we hate to wait don't we but isaiah 41 those that wait upon the lord that means to gather together that means that doesn't mean passively it means with great faith and anticipation and expectation waiting upon the Lord with the people of God, and they will renew their strength like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not faint. Now, let me give you another thought about the Red Sea. Are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. I'm ready. If you haven't been, let me give you a quote. Just a, man, this is a, I've really been thinking about this for the last three or four months. Without a burning bush experience, the Red Sea becomes a lot harder. Now, remember that before Moses went to Egypt to get them, He met Jehovah God, Yahweh. He met the creator God at the burning bush. Remember the whole deal? Take off your sandals, the whole deal, all that. When Moses got to the Red Sea, everybody was freaking out. They're going to kill us. It was horrible. We need a video of it. There's one person that wasn't freaking out. Who was it? Why? Because he's been at the burning bush. One of the reasons that we push, we beg, we beat you up, we make you feel guilty, we do everything we can do to you, to spend time with God, to have a personal growth plan, is so that when you face the Red Sea, you've already been to the burning bush. And when you need the power of God, you are already well acquainted with the presence of God and the petitioning of God. And so it's just huge. Moses didn't freak out. So let's look at Exodus chapter 14, verse 13 through 16. But Moses said to the people, Do not what? No fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you what? Man, God has God got it. God has got it. I love that. For he will why you keep silent. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Quit praying. Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. As you lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, and the sons of Israel go through the midst of the sea on dry land. And that's exactly what happened. Then they get on the other side, and Moses writes a song. Moses was a worship leader. Do y'all know that? Yeah, I don't know if he played lead guitar or keys. I'm not sure what he played. But if you go to Exodus chapter 15, verse 1 through 3, it says this uh, This is Moses' song I will sing to the Lord, for he has highly exalted the horse and the rider he has hurled into the sea. They were excited that God killed the Egyptians. They're thrilled about that. My father's, uh, my father's God, I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and the rider he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my. Are they wrong? <laughs> Have we read that? There we go. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I thought it when I read that it didn't sound right. The strength in the song. And he has become my salvation. This is my God. I will praise him, my father's God. And I will extol him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. See, now Moses, now everybody's fired up. Because they've just come through the Red Sea and they're stoked about it. They've watched the waters pile up and they're excited. Now that excitement only lasted, how long? Three days. They've just seen... The greatest miracle that any human, because nobody saw creation but God and the angels. So he's, they've just seen the greatest miracle in the history of mankind. It lasted three days. They get to Mirabath. The waters are bitter. They're going to kill Moses. They're mad at God. Three days. Isn't that pitiful? See, and what I want you to realize is, see, our God's a miracle-working God. But miracles rarely build the faith in people. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Oh, if I saw God do something great, I'd believe. No, you wouldn't. Come on. We've all seen God do things, haven't we? And so that's not where it is. So, faith, now, faith promise as a family, we're at the Red Sea. Here we are because. We've got these things that God wants us to do, and we've got this offering next weekend, and we need God to move. We need all six, 8,000 of us to, to be a part and to sacrifice. We, we do. And so last week I got personal. Let me get personal again this week. Let me just, let me, let me talk to you for a minute, because this is the deal. This is the time that my wife leaves the room, because she hates when I do this. I actually, asked me, do, can I stay outside? No, she's on the front row, but she hates it. She hates it. Because because the only way that I know how to lead is by example. I will never, as your pastor, ever ask you to do what I'm not already doing. When I ask you to be in a small group, I lead a small group. When I ask you to give, Michelle and I are going to give. That's the deal. And so I'm going to get a little personal Now, you guys know my testimony, drug dealer and all that, and so I was radically saved, and that just sort of radicalized me for Jesus. Not what a terrorist means in that, but just this radical love for God. And that radical love for God meant that I was always going to sacrifice for God and for a kingdom. So Michelle and I got married, thank God, she was raised in a home with a mother and a father who had always sacrificed for God. Michelle has never not tithed, always given the missions. And so we got married, and we said, we're always going to sacrifice. And so, we, and so there's been Red Sea moments in our ministry and in the churches that we've led. And I've told some of these stories before, but let me show you a picture. Because I'm going to tell you, that was my first car. That is a bad ride. 1966, all numbers matching, both tops, Corvette. Although it's winking at you, one lights up, one lights down. And so when we were in Jennings and we didn't have any money making $16,000 a year and already giving a, a, a lot more than, than 10% and our kids wanted to eat every day, that was all that we had. Now you say, are you bragging? Listen, can you outgive God? You ever given something to God? Say, oh my, wow! Look, the only example we have is the widow's mite, and Jesus said, "Oh wow, look at that sacrifice." And so, man, I don't do that. I listen. I wish I've always wished we could give more. You ever given and wish you could do more? So we've we've all experienced that, and so because we did that, the church built. We had a picture. That's the first little building. On I-10 is right over there. That's the first little building. It's Shell. We're in South Louisiana. Now there we, there are other buildings that went all around it. And, but but because we gave that car and we had part of building that, thousands and thousands of people came to know Jesus. That's why we give. That's why we give. Now. Now let me let me just let me again. I want to be Ron real, because I've been at the Red Sea a bunch of times. And nobody bats a thousand. So I, when we graduated seminary, we took Faith, Micah, and Zach, and we went back to Chattanooga, waiting for Charles Stanley uh, to resign and us to take over First Baptist Atlanta. <laughs> now, if you're my age, you understand that. If not, we're waiting on Craig Rochelle or Andy Stanley to step down or Stephen Furtick. But, and so we went back to Chattanooga. And it was the worst year of my life. It was worse than when I was lost. In my last two years of being lost, I was under such conviction that I wasn't stoned. I cried myself to sleep every night. Because I was at the Red Sea. Listen, we'd already given that car that I just showed you a picture of. But we're at the Red Sea, and I just didn't have enough faith to believe God was going to move. And I literally, so, we, so I, don't, I don't preach for a year. I mean, I didn't get to say grace over a little girl's Sunday school class. Nothing. I've gone to college. And I have a master's degree. I've seen revival break out. And I am on the backside of the desert, placed on the shelf, and I'm begging God every day saying, what did I do wrong? Why don't you want? Because my, listen, listen it, I, it's God is my witness. My driving desire is to serve God. And it's my driving desire. And I was, so then I got sick for five weeks. I did a large job, hired a bunch of guys, didn't get paid, had to go borrow money to pay for the materials and the guys, and left owing thousands of dollars. So now I got Micah, Faith, and Zach, little, no food, no money. I'm sick. And I said, let's go visit your mom and dad. They have a full pantry. (laughs) They have food, let's go. I mean, Listen, I'm, I'm, you, you can ask Michelle. So we leave Chattanooga driving in Johnson City, and we got to Cedar Bluff, and my car blew up. Now, did I say broke? I mean, wondering if we have enough gas money, and at Cedar Bluff, the car blew up. Took it over to the Chrysler place right there off Cedar Bluff. Michelle's dad was an FBI agent, called an FBI agent. 12, at midnight, an FBI guy rolls up and gets us. We're at least safe. I don't have any money, we go to Johnson City, we come back, I don't have any money, I've been, and literally, I just said, Lord, I I just was ready to give up. Have you ever been ready to give up? And then Michelle's mom and dad, for Christmas, bought Michelle and I tickets to a pastor's conference. Now, I haven't been anywhere, I haven't been to, I go to church, but I haven't spoken at anything, and I go to this pastor's conference, and I see all these guys I know, and they said, hey, where are you at? That's why I'm in Chattanooga. Nobody can find you because I didn't call anybody. I didn't do anything. I just was bummed. And after that, I began to, the phone began to ring, and God took us to, down there to that place, to Louisiana, and God moved, and then we were faithful there for six and a half years. And because of our faithfulness and how much we love God, God did one of the greatest things he's ever done for our family he brought us to Knoxville to be the pastor of Faith Promise Church. Man. Man. And so, listen, when I tell, hey, we did this, or we did that, is he bragging? No, I'm not bragging. We all want to do more. I'm just trying to lead by example. But I also want you to realize that I've been at the Red Sea and absolutely just blew it. So, all of us do. Let me show you. This was last year. That's my, well, I'm, excuse me, that was my... 2008, because see, I bought it 2004, traded up for 2006, traded up for 2008. I'm going in the right direction. (laughs) 2008, blue, six-speed, I mean, just loaded out car, but we didn't have any money last year. We didn't have any cash. The only money I had was in that car, and so we gave that car in the heart for the harvest so we could do this right here. That is the Trinity Chapel building that we're moving our North Knoxville campus in. So we sacrifice to see lives changed. Thousands of people will be saved in that building. North Knoxville will torch it in that building. It'll go to multiple services, it'll be unbelievable. There are five elementary schools within four minutes. It is going to, it is, I'm so thrilled about it. So you know what? It's not even a, it's not even a sacrifice to give a Corvette to see people saved. Are you with me? To give money, to sacrifice, whatever, because Michelle and I committed, we want to make a difference. We want to be the 10-talent servant. Jesus said he gave, the, t- the master gave one servant, five talents, and when the master came back, he had doubled those talents. We want to give God a return on his investment of the cross, of Jesus, and the gifts and talents he's placed within Michelle and I and all of us. That makes sense? That not just we, but all of us are here well done, good and faithful servant. That the death of Jesus will not be in vain for us, but we will make a difference So this year, Heart for the Harvest will be the biggest gift we've ever given. It'll be more than that silver Corvette, more than that blue Corvette, more than our boat when we were in Chattanooga when we first got married. It'll be more than anything that we've ever been able to do for Jesus in a one-time deal. And we're so excited. I wish it was this weekend. I've got my Heart for the Harvest envelope sitting on my dresser. Checks written. Can't wait. Can't wait wait. Why? Because we want to change lives. And you know what? Faith promise rolls on the tracks of sacrifice, and we would not be where we are except for the fact that there's about 4,000 other people here just like us, and they too have sacrificed for the kingdom of God.
1: Okay guys, uh, do you know why you're here?
2: We've been informed about the Heart for the Harvest and that's pretty much about it.
1: Awesome. We just wanted to have you guys in and just be a part of your story. Heart for the Harvest is coming up and our church is so excited about it. It's been such an incredible time in the church's life the last few years that we've done it. And so we just wanted to hear some stories of couples that are the foundation of how we do what we do. just wanted to be a part of all that so we'd love to hear uh, your story of generosity.
2: Well we've been attending Faith Promise for about three and a half years and right after we first started attending Heart for the Harvest was coming up Um, so we just started praying about it. Um, We were raised where tithing was what you did Um, so we just started praying about it. We prayed for a specific number and um, God laid that on our heart so we thought uh, and then About, I guess, probably two weeks before the offering, I just had a churn in my heart one day at work, and I was like, it's not enough, and so we talked about it that night, and Sarah prayed about it, and we came to the exact same number again, so we actually ended up, we already had one check written, and we actually ended up writing another check to coincide with the first one, so it's just something, we know God's moving here, so we want to be a part of that that's the easiest way to be a part of it Mm -hmm.
3: so well we were expecting our first child and living in a um, little small apartment and so we were on on a house hunt and had been for about nine months or so at that point and so we struggled you know just wondering, you know, how were we? How was God going to provide? And we, we, you know, obviously were convicted and wanted to give to the heart for the harvest, but we weren't sure how all that was going to work out. Um, so during that time, we and uh, our small group were um, doing a Bible, doing the, the Circle Maker Bible study, and so we prayed very specifically um, that God would provide the the things that we needed um, in preparation for for our family, you know, growing. And um, and so by the end um, of that month, just shortly after Heart for the Harvest, we found our house that we were able to, to buy um, and were able to get in before the baby came. And um, so we were very amazed at how, you know, how he did provide when we were, were unsure. Um, we were faithful and, and gave um, from our hearts, and he did provide what we needed.
1: And I know this isn't the reason you do this. And hearing thank you and you're the reason that we get to do what we do in, our, in ministry isn't the reason you give. But we do want to thank you. We did it in this room with all these empty chairs because every weekend these chairs were filled with stories of people. And instead of telling you their stories, we'd like to show you. Hi, my name's Todd. I was diagnosed with cancer uh, February of last year. Faith Promise North Knox Campus has been there for us um, tremendously. The pastor, the prayer team, uh, have been anointed several times uh, with oil. It's just been amazing. You know, when you have cancer, we told you have cancer. What do you do? When you have two small children. You know, why us? Why now? But God's got, God has a plan. And we just praise God for North Knox Campus, and we, we praise Him for you.
4: I uh, married the man of my dreams. I thought I it, it had it going on, you know. Um, after 27 years of marriage, I woke up one morning and he was gone. He had taken everything financially, my heart. Um, I was left broken. I didn't know where to go. I tortured myself for years, wondering, you know, what did I do? What can I change? Was it my fault? Was there someone else? What to do? Um, I walked around in a fog for many, many years, suffered a very deep depression, was very angry and lost hope. I walked into um, Campbell County, Faith Promise one day. I knew it, I knew I felt it. I felt love, I felt accepted for once and I knew I could be loved again. I listened to the music, I listened to the message and it was instant. My heart was changed instantly. Um, I found out that Jesus could still love me and he gave me so much hope and so much joy that I could smile again. It was amazing. And I thank you so much for your gifts and your love and your devotion to our church. It means so much. You've changed so many stories and so many lives. Thank you.
5: I'm Jamie Davis. I go to the White County campus. Um, my story starts at a time in my life where I didn't think I could find happiness again. I was young and I was in a relationship and um, I had drugs and alcohol were pretty much my entire life. I found out I had a child on the way. So I decided to quit all of that and I wanted my daughter to be raised right. So I thought at the time after I had her, I had a few slip ups, went back to my same routine then about a year later, um, I found out I had another baby on the way. I was about 14 weeks in. I found out uh, my worst nightmare I came through, that the baby um, had an illness, had a huge hole in its heart. All the doctors told me that it would make it, and it didn't. And after losing that child, it made me open my eyes and realize that, you know, I had a beautiful baby girl right in front of me, and I had so many things. and what I wanted my life to be. I didn't want it to be that anymore. That's when I found Faith Promise. As soon as I walked in, I just felt like I was at home. I felt accepted. Everybody was so kind and generous and took me in, whether I had a bad past or not. I loved it. A few weeks later, I rededicated my life to the Lord and I was baptized. I think finding this church and being a part of it and the people, it is really, you know, change my life for the better. And I wouldn't take you back for anything. Thank you all for everything that you've done. It's very much appreciated. So. Well,
1: what do you think?
3: <laughs> it's awesome.
2: It is. It's amazing.
3: We are blessed to be a part of a church and a church that has affected so many lives and
1: And we know this isn't why you do what you do but you know as well as I know if we got all the stories that have been a part of change all over East Tennessee through Faith Promise Church we couldn't fit them in this building but that's just a small piece of what we all get to be a part of and sacrificial families like you the reason we get to do that and so we all in faith promise all of these people want to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts
0: Some, it's easy to lose it and say that's about money. It's about numbers. And it's easy to disengage, but that's not what it's about. It's about life change. It's about people who make their way to Anderson, our Campbell, our Blunt, our North Knox, our Internet, our Pelissippi, or one of the next 10 campuses that we're going to plant. That's what it's all about, people meeting Jesus. So as you look forward, as you think about next weekend and how God will use you in giving, there's just a quote uh, that I pulled out of a little book about the Red Sea that says this, Our main business is not to see what lies uh, dimly at a distance, but to do what lies clearly at hand. I don't know what God's going to do in five years or ten years, but next weekend, we have an opportunity as a family to come together. And why? Because people are lost. Because people are hurting. Because people are hungry. Because people have a need. Whether it's the pool that we're putting uh, the building for inner city kids in, in Knoxville, whether it's the church and the feeding center in Sayyabenza, Africa, what, what, whatever it is, the next campus in a North City, or what, no matter what's going on. It's about reaching more people. And so maybe, maybe, uh, before we pray for people, for jobs, maybe you're listening and your heart's being warmed because you thought the church was all selfish. And it was about money and it was about something else. And you've been coming or somebody brought you this weekend and you realize, wow, my vision wasn't as big as it should be. So with every head, head by, every eye closed, if you're ready to open your heart up to Jesus you realize that you've been separated by sin and you're ready to open your heart up and you're ready to sell out, I'm gonna, if you're ready to ask for forgiveness and and by faith trust Jesus, I'm gonna lead us in what we call a confessional prayer. So we're gonna pray that prayer with you. So let's pray. Say, dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. Please forgive me. I invite you into my heart to be my Lord, boss, and master put all my faith in you. I want to be used by you. So show me how to walk now in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, give the Lord praise, would you? Now, at every campus, we're about to pray for Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. And so we're going to pray for three groups of people. Well, I'm going to, just a second, to ask everybody at all of our campuses that needs a job to stand. Because there may be an employer in one of our rooms that sees you, because it happens every year, and is going to find you. But when the service is over, whatever campus you're at, if you go, go to the information table, there's a clipboard at every campus. If you need a job, and if you put your name, your cell number, what you do, we're going to give that to all of our employers. Try to make sure every single every single person at Faith Promise has a job in Jesus' name. So, so right now we're going to do body life. So if you need a job, I just going to ask you to get every campus just right. We are go ahead and stand. If you need a job? Come on, we're a family. Go ahead and stand. Amen. Come on, man. There's no shame. Stand. We love you. We're man. Just stand. Now, employees, I want you to look. Whatever service, whatever campus you're at, I want you to look at that, at those people, and maybe God's going to touch you that you need to go speak to one of these folks as soon as this service is over. So look at them. Now, if you need provision, there's a serious need in your life, a financial provision. You need a God to provide something. I want you now to stand. You need a God to provide something. Just go ahead and stand. Okay? Or if you need a financial miracle in your life, I want you to just go ahead and stand. You may have a job, but you need, it. you know, man, you just, you, you've got medical bills. You've got something. You say, but pastor, I got myself into it. The great thing about God is we get us in, he gets us out. Because the, the Israelites didn't go into the Israel. They didn't go in, but God still fed them for 40 years. He took care of them even though they rejected him. That's the love of the God that we serve. He's not saying, well, you're not good enough. He does everything by grace, not based on marriage. So look around at the people because we're about to get up, and uh, as we get up, the video will stop, and you guys pray at every campus and then campus pastors, if you'll shut the service down. So faith, they promise you'll just get up right now and begin going and laying hands. Make sure somebody's praying for everybody right now, Just get up, go ahead, lay your hand. You don't need another name or their need. Just pray, Spirit of God as we pray, fall at every campus.